Hi friends, Alex here, and I am your host for the You Might As Well podcast. I am a recovering perfectionist and registered nurse pushing 30, who's simply taking the twists and turns of life one nap at a time. I'm here to document the highs, the lows, and everything in between as authentically as possible. Are you looking for a type A bestie to talk shit with? Or maybe you need to hear from someone who's on their own journey so you can realize we're more alike than you think. If that sounds like you, then you might as well keep listening because every Wednesday I'm bringing you relatable ass content. So grab your iced white mocha or your $3 Trader Joe's bottle of Merlot and let's fucking go. Hello to all the beautiful people listening in today. Welcome back if you've been here before. And if not, just plain old welcome. I am so grateful either way that you're here and decided to click play on this episode. I thought it would be cool to do an episode summarizing my favorite points or takeaways from the book I just finished reading. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Groeschel, and it's actually the first ever personal development book that I've ever read. I made it a goal of mine at the beginning of this year when I started getting into reading fiction, which I think I mentioned in... I think it was episode two about my goals for this year. So if you haven't listened to that yet, then go on and listen to that before we get to the end of the year. But I started getting into reading fiction, made that a goal of mine. And I was hoping that I would try to read a couple of personal development books that caught my eye and were being recommended to me. And I'm actually so excited that I already accomplished at least reading one, even if it did take me a few months. I'm not the fastest reader in the world, let alone in Miami, Florida. If you know, you know. But before we start, you already know what we have to do. We've got to get some gratitude up in here. So this morning I wrote that I'm grateful for nature, for my egg chair, if you know, you know, my beautiful marriage and my sweet boy Chewy. I also did something just a little bit different with my affirmation today. I honestly was kind of in a rush to get to the gym. So I just wrote, you're doing great, sweetie, as if I were chatting with a friend. I know it's not really an affirmation, but hey, this is real life. And it kind of felt cute and good to write that for myself today and kind of give myself like a little pat on the back, so to speak, you know? So yeah, to get back to the episode topic, I really did enjoy this book because it was the perfect mix of faith and psychology which are two things that I am pretty passionate about. If you're not a religious person, then this episode or this book probably isn't going to be for you. But I do consider myself a Christian and enjoy reading things like devotionals that strengthen my faith. And this book really did that for me. It can be hard for me at times to have a strong faith because of my background in science and therefore my need to see evidence or figure out the like why or how behind certain things. So when I find something that meshes the two together, I get really excited. So I finally finished the book and while I was reading it, I went ahead and underlined or like marked certain statements or things that really stood out to me and spoke to me like on a deeper level. And I thought it would be cool to share them on the podcast for those of you who either aren't big readers and still want to like gain knowledge from books like these or are interested in reading the book but would like a little bit more context before they actually pick it up. I would still say 
If you're a reader or want to get into reading personal development books and you enjoy this episode or the key points I took away from this book, I'd still recommend going out and getting it for yourself because within the book, there were several prompts and exercises for you to really dig deep and reflect. And obviously, I'm just going to be scraping the surface with what I've taken away from it and also won't be sharing like the responses to the exercises or the prompts that I wrote because I feel like those are just a little bit private and like for me to reflect on myself and and grow as a human myself. And also, you know, perhaps your takeaways might be different than mine or speak to your life or your experiences in a way that like I don't necessarily relate to as much, you know? So without further ado, I will go ahead and start reading little excerpts from the book that I've made note of. So the first thing that I made note of was a Bible verse that was quoted in the book that I felt would help to keep in my back pocket for later. I'm not like, quote unquote, the best Christian when it comes to what is the best Christian? Okay, whatever. When it comes to, I feel like all the things you normally see Christians are good at. So like reading the Bible, quoting scripture, praying in public for other people. I don't know. I feel like I'm an undercover Christian, so to speak. Like my relationship with God is still very private and is still being nurtured. So when I find verses that I like actually make sense to me and aren't difficult to understand, because if you've ever read the Bible, you know that a lot of verses are like written in some weird poetic fashion. And if I can actually relate to it, I try to make note of that for the future so that I can use it when I'm down to inspire me or motivate me to keep going. I also think it's so cool when the Bible references things that we like still struggle with as humans, even though it was written thousands of years ago, because it's like God knew, you know, I don't know. Let me know if I'm not making any sense. I also have like the giggles today, so I don't know what's up with me. But the first verse that I saw that I underlined because mindset is from Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, and it reads, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. and If that ain't a testament to what I constantly am saying and reminding myself of, that our mindsets are literally everything and change the trajectory of our lives, then I don't know what is. Another thing I took note of regarding mindset, what a surprise, reads, who you are today is a result of your thoughts in the past. Who you become in the future will reflect what you think about today. So in other words, and to reiterate, You are literally who you are today is because of what you've thought of in the past, which means that whatever you're setting your thoughts on currently right this moment directly is going to influence who you're going to be tomorrow and so on. Boom. Powerful stuff, people. Powerful, powerful stuff. The next thing I took note of was a testament from the author about hearing God speak to him. He wrote, while not audible, the words somehow seemed louder than any physical voice I have ever heard. I think I've mentioned before on the podcast as well, I think it was episode one, about how I get frustrated at times when people say that they heard the voice of God because I'm like, where? But I do feel like there have been times in my life where I felt like my thoughts were strongly influencing me to act or say a certain thing. And I'm still not 100% sure that I can attribute that to God speaking to me, but it does feel good to know that this pastor, because the author of this book is a pastor, makes it known that God's voice isn't necessarily audible, like, which duh, 
but you kind of know it when you hear it. And I guess having faith is all about recognizing that we will never really know for a certain it's God speaking to us, but we can have faith that he has our best interest at heart and is guiding us in the right direction. Insert God, is that you? TikTok. Okay, moving on. The next statements that I took note of read, the lies we believe and base our lives upon are strongholds. Like the walls of the strongholds, our lies have been reinforced over and over to become bigger and stronger. And then he goes on to define what the word stronghold means in the Bible, which in ancient times was a fortress, so to speak, that was surrounded by reinforced walls. Google says it's a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack or a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. So imagine like the Great Wall of China is a lie that you've built up for yourself and yet you sit there angry with yourself because you still don't love your body or you still can't seem to stop binge buying on Amazon. Hun, it's going to take a lot more than a couple affirmations here and there for you to knock down the Great Wall of China. That's like throwing a few medicine balls at it and calling it a good day's work. You feel? Now, I'm not going to sit here and read you every single line I underlined in the book because that would probably make this episode an hour or longer. But I will read you a couple more powerful ones. And then if you're interested, you can go out and get the book for yourself. So the next few excerpts that I'll share with you all meant something more powerful to me for the same reason. I'll just read them back to back. They read, don't give up, look up. And then being in control is an illusion. You cannot control what's happened or what will happen, but you can control how you perceive it. These hit me because I have very controlling tendencies. I just have to pause, by the way, and pat myself on the back for not saying that I am a controlling person rather than saying that I have controlling tendencies because, wow, I love when hard work pays off and I didn't just insult my character. Good job, Alex. Okay, moving on. I have very controlling tendencies and I am frequently working against them to be more flexible for so many different reasons. The potential of motherhood, my relationships, I could go on and on, but won't. So not only is this super encouraging for me to reiterate to myself that being in control is an illusion, but I feel like related to my faith, it is so easy for me to forget to pray on my anxieties or on the situations that I feel I need to control because ultimately he's the one who's in control. And as far as how we perceive what happens to us, the author here goes on to talk about cognitive reframing. And I found this section to be super insightful and educative because without realizing it, did I say educative? I meant educational. Okay. We all have what is called cognitive bias, which is essentially how we see the world. So it's why the same exact situation could happen to two different people and one person wouldn't think anything of it, but the other might feel angry or offended. Or to give you another example, it's like if one friend that you know and love and have had a relationship with for like 13 years calls you a bitch, whatever, but you know she's playing around or you know that you know she's allowed to call you that because you've literally been friends with her for 100 years versus someone else being called a bitch by their best friend of 13 years, but having like a connotation to the word because they grew up in a very abusive household or whatever it may be. So that would be like a cognitive bias. Like you have a bias to the word bitch. <laughs> I have 
Sorry, I have no better example for you. But if you are interested in this at all and in reframing some biases that you might have about the world or even figuring out what kind of biases you might have about the world, I definitely recommend this book in that case because some of the exercises that he has you work through do relate to reframing your biases and thought processes, which I enjoyed. He also quotes in this section an author in neurotheology. Her name is Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And she said, it has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan, increasing activity in areas associated with social interaction, compassion, and sensitivity to others. Also increasing frontal lobe activity as focus and intentionality increase. So like, wow, I will just leave that there. That obviously was powerful to me because... The fact that you can physically see change that prayer has on our brains on a scan, like on a CT scan, like mind-blowing, mind-blowing. And I think that's why affirmations are so powerful because it's kind of like a similar situation. You feel me? The last little excerpts that I will share with you are related to our negative thought patterns and intrusive thoughts, which I spoke on in a previous episode as well. I think it was the Control-Alt-Delete episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, I will link it in the show notes for you guys along with the other ones. But the book reads, if you keep thinking you're a victim who never has a steady job or long-lasting relationships, which I think that's just like an example, like, but if you keep thinking the same thing, basically, you are training your brain to look for evidence which supports that belief and to filter out evidence which doesn't. Okay, go back 30 seconds, rewind and listen to that again. That's like crazy. Studies reveal that we are bombarded by about 500 unintentional and intrusive thoughts a day. Each unwanted thought lasts about 14 seconds. Do the math. That's almost two hours a day of thoughts that we do not want to think. Like our brains are literally working against us all day long. Does this make anyone else suddenly have the urge to just throw in the towel and shower and self-pity? Like, why do we have to deal with this? It is incredibly frustrating. But I saved that particular excerpt because it's also comforting to know that this is happening to every single one of us. Like, that's why I started this podcast, because it's it, it misery loves company. And I hate saying that because nobody wants to see other people miserable, but it really does. It's comforting to know that somebody else has the same thoughts as you or is going through the same thing. We weren't meant to do this life alone. And this is also why my faith is so important to me, because like I said, I don't believe we're meant to do life alone. And I think that this is where community truly makes a difference. And secondly, but not really secondly, we as humans are not strong enough to demolish these lies or these strongholds on our own. We don't have the power. We don't have the tools. We don't have the resources to do this ourselves. And I firmly believe that without God's strength, it would be impossible to do life alone. Wow, look at me. I sound like a full-on preacher now. Archdiocese of Miami. I'm ready for you. So anyways, yeah, that's what I've got for you guys today. If you're not big readers and have no interest in picking up a book anytime soon, I understand. I feel you. I was there in your shoes at one point. I don't know what happened to me, but it happened. I hope then that this was the episode for you in your current season and that you got everything you needed from this. Next week, I am actually so excited. Because it's a special guest episode and it is not just any special guest. It's Jessica Massey from Hustle Sanely. She is a huge inspiration to me. She's a huge role model. 
she's taught me so much of what I reiterate here on my own podcast. And I'm so grateful for her support and for the time that she carved out to interview with me. And it was a really good conversation. So don't miss it. It's going to be a good one, I promise. Until then, friends, have a beautiful week and stay safe. Love you. Hey, wow. So you're still here. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sticking around. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, do me a favor and leave me a review wherever you're listening so that I know I'm not talking to myself. I hope you guys have an amazing day, an amazing week, and I will talk to you next time. Bye!